I get up to that first tee and mentally was not in a good state. No. I end up like, <laughs> I'm the first one to hit the first group on the first day of the tournament, like opening the tournament <laughs> and just completely block one like 30 yards OB. Game of lifers, how are we doing today? Hey, have you ever thought being a professional golfer would be the best job in the world? Yeah, I have. Many times. And I'm not even any good at golf. I can't even play 18 holes without losing attention and losing about 18 balls. Well, you are in for a holiday treat today as we have one of the brightest up-and-coming golfers in the game on this podcast. But up-and-coming until his career was ended, derailed by injury. When having his life goals and dreams crashing down around him, he faced the question, what do I do next? No money to his name, no plan in his pocket, straight from the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Sound like someone familiar to you? Eh, I'll represent Iowa, thank you very much. But from the middle of nowhere, Kansas, Mr. Kane Marcus went on a journey to find himself. And find himself he did. And on this episode of the Game of Life podcast, we dive deep into what Kane was able to do in a time of improbable transition in his life. How he learned to embrace the setback and potential devastation to make mindset shifts, small mindset shifts that have now taken him all over the world, speaking, inspiring, and breathing life into those who might be going through a tough time in their life. Thane is not only an inspiration to me, but to thousands globally through his living inspired movement. And he takes us through that wild ride, that wild ride he's been on the wild ride of professional sports deep in the mind of a professional golfer. How you have to be all in the moment, focused, locked in, in the zone when you're out there on the course all by yourself and how to just enjoy the daily grind that is. Because it's all about the process. And it's all about the journey, Game of Lifers, not the end result. And that's the key to true joy, enjoying the journey. So what drives you to want to change others, to want to Mm -hmm. motivate others? Because it just like it, it seeps out of you, just the passion that you have. And the hardest part that I have found is like people don't want to change. Change is tough. So what drives you to do that every single day, waking up in the morning? Man, I love that question because it is the best. It is. Just get get amped up. Um, (laughs) I'm not going to be as amped as Ben was, but I'm (laughs) (laughs) The tough energy level Uh, of such. Dude, yeah, that dude is lit. No, um, so what gets me up in the morning? Well, okay, everyone needs to have their why, right? Everyone needs to have a reason that gets them out of bed. And if you don't, then your life isn't going to be lived to the fullest. You aren't going to be owning, taking ownership of everything you're doing. You're not going to be um, um, living to the full potential that you have. Yep. And that's what I'm so passionate about is helping others unlock their full potential. Because at the end of the day, if everyone can individually strive to be the best that they can be in whatever work they're doing, that's what moves the needle societally and globally. We have to take individual ownership. And that's a big thing that I, I stress a lot in the book and in what I'm talking about now. But for me, obviously, I'm a Christian. So the number one thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is the reality uh, that God has told us in his word and given me in, in Christ. And so literally every morning um, I wake up, 
I sit on my bed. I thank God for getting me up. Um, I go up and, and this is my morning chant. Go up and, you know, do the bathroom contacts and then I come back and I kneel and I pray. And that is That's an awesome. integral part of my day because it's helping me um, understand my place in this world and in life. And it's in submission to God. Um, but it's not just in submission. It's also being empowered by God. Because of what he's done, I'm going to do all that I can to take ownership of my life um, and to never settle for less than I'm capable of. And so every day I've got this fire that's lit under my butt. And um, and I've got a real vision. And re- that's the ultimate why, the foundational why, is is, is what Christ's done on the cross for me. And so... Um, so that's something that I put in front of me every day. And if I don't put that in front of me, it's not going to be in front of me because we forget. Mm-hmm. Us humans are forgetful, right? We don't remember the most important thing. So if you're listening, you may not be a Christian. That's okay. Like whatever that vision is, right. I want you to wake up every morning with that vision in front of you because if you don't, you're not going to be living in alignment to that. So it's super important to just always put that in front of you and have that, hold that out in front of you to keep you moving forward. I mean, I can go on a spiel forever because one <laughs> thing, <laughs> Love it. and I won't, but, but the one of the things I've been talking about a lot recently is generational roles. And I think generational roles is a really interesting concept. And it's something that um, isn't talked about as much, to be honest, but Mm-hmm. The, the role of the younger generation in society, and that could be 20s and 30s. I mean, it can be kind of a broad range. But the role of the younger generation is to be the idealists. We have to be the ones who believe that ideals are possible and that they're worth pursuing. That's the only re- way that change is implemented, that progress is made. Now, part of that is due to the fact that as we get older, we increasingly become more cynical, right? Because life never stacks up to our expectations, our hopes, and desires. It's always going to let us down compared to what we expect, and it's never going to be as glamorous as we thought. And because of that, because of the hardship and the trials that are inevitable, we become more and more cynical, and the older we get, that's just a natural trend you see. So mm-hmm. to balance that out, we need to have we need to be the idealist. Now, the thing I like to follow this up with is by saying that the only way that idealism as a younger generation is a helpful thing is if we marry it with daily realism. It means we don't just live in the clouds. We marry it every day with realism of knowing what it takes to actually see those ideals come to fruition, which is ultimately self-discipline. Self-discipline is the thing that will enable us to make progress towards those ideals and give us the patience and persistence over a long enough time to actually see them come true. And and because none of these things happen overnight, they don't even happen in a year, they happen in decades plus yeah. of time. And for us to have the persistence to see that through, we have to have immense discipline in holding <clears throat> that vision in front of us daily. So it's just, I think Love it. It's, it can be helpful, you know, that, that construct. All right. Welcome back to the Game of Life podcast. We've got Jeremy Lin on. Jeremy, what's going on? The two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. He's like the eye of the hurricane because in the middle of the hurricane, it's really calm. And so Michael never tried to stop all the madness around him. What he learned was he just got calm in the middle of it. Stealing that pass at Staples, I was like, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah. Give Kobe a little glance after that. What's up? Uh, you want to be that person that when they walk into a room, that people are happy to see you. 
Talk to me about working with Ronaldo. You helped coach Ronaldo to become a great sleeper. A human test tube. Thank you, man. I, I, <laughs> I think that's like one notch up from being a human guinea pig. They'll take it. In a good uh, way. And I just pray, man. Like, I just pray and I just thank God for, for everything. The moment you realized, man, I'm in the NBA. Oh, man, that was from day one. That was the, the, the day I got drafted when I heard my name being called. Buckle up, the Game of Life podcast coming at you, where we bring to you the behind-the-scenes lives of NBA players, business-savvy entrepreneurs, and top-level performers in all fields of personal development. The podcast that helps you become the best version of you. Yeah, that is that is so great on so many levels. And I really love the term generational roles. I haven't heard that before. That's great. And what you hit on there was purpose, having your why, finding your purpose, and having your passion to attack that purpose purpose with relentless consistency. I'm so glad that you said nothing happens overnight because it's just day by day votes to yourself of who you are, votes to who you are and what you're living for. And like to me and you both, our relationship with Christ is the most important thing and it's what drives us and it's, and it's what also gives us the sense of, hey, we don't have to do this on our own. There's no, there's no like rule that I got to get this done or I got to get that done. There's no, there's no success structure triangle telling us we got to get to the top. My definition of legacy and success is were you able to change one person's life? Did you, did you positively encourage one person's life? And the rest is gravy is gravy on top from there. So I really, I really love, love I really love how you, you saying though, also idealism, but with realism. So what I talk a lot about is making mindset shifts, not changing mm-hmm. people's mindsets. Cause when people look at a mindset change, it's just kind of overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. But when they look at it, Hey, you can just tweak it a little bit, like idealism to realism. Boom, they can do it. And still, we find we find it very hard to change people's minds. But that's mm. a, you can never be changed if you don't want to be changed. That's very true. It has you have to, and that goes speaks back to the taking ownership. At the end of the day, you have to take ownership, right? We 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 all like to complain, right? We all like to complain about what's going on and say, "Man, this just sucked." Like this this situation happened, and and even today, actually, I was talking with a buddy about this. It's like, look, we can we can always find something to complain about, but the bigger question is, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, because I don't yeah. care about what's happening. I care about what your response is and yeah. how you're going to choose to change that. Because you have a choice. You can either accept it and complain about it, or you can strive to change it or do something about it, right? And 100%. I want people to do something about what they're passionate about and what they want to see change. Like, it's not just going to happen by chance. I wrote a blog post about that. It's like, <laughs> nothing just happens by chance. Right. It's like, right. You, you, it takes a ton of work over a long period of time to get anything accomplished. And that's true with change. And so I think taking ownership, like you just said, is you have to do that if it's going to happen. Now, we can, the goal for anybody who, like I do professional development coaching as well. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to, you can't just inform people, you have to empower them, right? That's a big difference. You can always share information, but the point isn't to share information, it's to empower them to own that information themselves and to come to those conclusions on their own because those are always way more powerful for them. For sure. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Just telling somebody is not going to get it done. Just 
you got to teach them how to fish instead of just give them a fish. I like that a lot. And also, also how we're, we're talking about the relentless consistency of pursuing our passion and having that and it doesn't just happen overnight. You're a professional golfer. I play professional basketball, but not at the level that you play professional golf going tour to tour all over the world. So having that built in your mindset from a young age obviously was advantageous to what you're doing now. But how did it come to the point of, hey, you're playing professional golf, what everybody would literally look at as like the dream job. Like when I tell people, like, when they ask what, what would be my dream job, I'd be like, man, I'd be a professional golfer. Well, I, I'm terrible at golf. Mini golf, I'm okay, <laughs> but I'm terrible at golf. Yes. But like how, like, how does that happen? Like most people look at it like, what is he doing? Now he's like, he's giving up professional golf? Yeah, well, it was an interesting journey. I will say that one of the reasons why I, I, God led me into this new path was an injury. So I had a systemic muscle strain in my back that repeated about five different times throughout the second half of my career. But let me ask you this question um, real quick. Did you, when you got that injury, did you see it first as like, woe is me? This injury is going to rock my life. No, but it's, it's definitely an I obstacle, like right? Like, yeah, nice. <laughs> so it's, it's, it was, but the thing is we learn through failure. And so, I had learned, and I, I I can't again. Like I, I want to take everything I say with a grain of salt because there's a great quote that I also like to use, and it's um I can't remember the attribution, but he said that, and this is something that I would also uh, take ownership of. But he said that I was born on third base and thought I hit a triple, <laughs> and that is so true. You know, like I am a product, yes, of my my efforts, but. I didn't choose my parents. I didn't choose who I was born into. That's all God, right? I didn't Mm -hmm. choose the life that I've been given. That is a gift. Mm -hmm. Now, my job is to steward that gift I've been given to the best of my abilities. So there's both, but it's never one or the other. Right. And so I think, I think anytime we talk about these things, easy for people listening to think that it's all what I've done. And no, it's not right. And I I want to make that clear for myself too. It's, it's not just my efforts. It's also the gift that God's given me. And, and honestly, I learned the most through failure. I mean, when I was younger, I broke my wrist three times snowboarding and, um, you learn about recovery through those times early on and how much it sucks and how much it feels like your life is over. And, and those are what informs your injuries later on that like, no, your life's not over. You've done this before. You've been here. Like you just, you know, the process is going to suck, but get through it, you know? So mm-hmm. there's another quote, uh, by Whitney, uh, Wolf Hurd. She said that experience is the most expensive currency in the world. And so true, right? <laughs> like that is, that is the thing you yeah. can't pay for. Um, yep. And so the experiences of my life have shaped me and grown me into who I am today. And the discipline and the willpower and the resolve and the mindset, all those things have not happened overnight. They haven't happened by chance. They've happened by all of the, the experiences I've had in life and the, the knowledge that God's given me and then also the trials I've had to work through and overcome. And usually you, we, we all learn the most through failure. So with the injury... You know, I failed so many times in recovering from the injury, right? It's a muscle strain. It happened in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. and I have all these tournaments I'm scheduled for. Well, with a, str- with a broken bone, you put a cast on it, you wait two months, and you, you know, you're good to go. With a strain, you're supposed to wait two months, but after three weeks, you feel a little bit better, like maybe I can do this, you know? Yeah. And in the middle yeah. of the season, it's my job. It's like I have to try, 
and you end up prolonging the recovery so much more and then you end up restraining and all these stuff. So, and then you realize that the whole time you've been treating the symptom and not the root. And then you like start delving into the layers of the body, which is just infinite, honestly. <laughs> um, as, as I mean, you're, I've heard you're into biohacking and all that. So, oh, you know, yeah. a, a good mm-hmm. bit of all that. And it's mm-hmm. just, there's so much to physiology and it's never a, a box, right? It's always right. this fluid uh, knowledge base. Um, so all that to say, um, <laughs> the injury was a series of failures, series of hardships and learning and obstacles, but it's brought me to where I am today. So I'm grateful for that. Um, and, and God uses it all. That's one of the greatest hopes and blessings of the Bible is that God uses everything, both the good and the bad. That's his providence mm-hmm. to accomplish, um, his will and his purposes for his glory and our good. And the hard part is trusting that, right? Trusting God as word and trusting that it's both of those are true. And they have been like, I can look back in my life. You can look back on your life and we can see that that stacks up from both his word and our experience. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. And I, I really like how you touched on the point many times about failure. Quick break in the podcast because I have to tell you something very important, something I'm very passionate about. Sleep, getting the best sleep. It is super important, like beyond anything I can even describe to you. It's everything. Without it, you can't function. But there is a solution to getting a great night's sleep every single night. Punching life in the face when you wake up ready to take on the day with full joy, passion, and confidence. Basically, all my NBA players use it, and I literally yearn for it when I'm away on the road. You can set your personal temperature to this chilly pad to whatever you want it to be. I sleep in this super cold at 57 degrees, optimal for most regenerative, restore of sleep possible. Guys, it's an absolute game changer. Check it out at chilipad.com. Enter the code DN. B-Ball 30, DNBball30 for 30% off at the checkout. Literally can be over $100 and you're going to increase your sleep every single night. Think about it. You could either pay for air conditioning or you could pay for a chili pad, which is going to give you a long-term, long-time benefit. Check it out. Sleep game on point. Let's go hit another range ball or shank another ball as in my perspective from golf. And just the motivation and inspiration that comes from Mr. Thane Marcus. About how you failed and you failed. But really, that failure wasn't failure. That failure were just steps preparing you for what was coming next. Preparing you for what you were actually called to. Like, if you didn't have to go through that failure, you would never be able to be doing what you're doing right now. So what I loved is you didn't see it as failure. People see failure as the perception. Words are always just perception, as you know. Mm-hmm. Failure is just what what we have termed of, of not being a good thing. But if you look at failure as a great thing, it's like, hey, I'm going to go through this pain, but this pain is going to make me stronger in the end. It's going to make me have um, more more drive to what I really am called here to do. And that's big time. So I, I absolutely love that. And then using what you have done through golf as your platform and your experiences that you've had, then this gives you the ability to speak about how you've used your failures, how you've gained from that, how you've been able to attack your passion, how you've been able to follow it, and also not using excuses too. See, I, I just I just love all you're talking about on so many levels, like not being a product of where of where you were born. 
We're both small town Midwest cornfield yeah. kids. Hutchinson, Kansas, <laughs> represent. Yeah, H Town, the real H Town. <laughs> Iowa over here, so we know exactly what it means to be like. It doesn't matter like who you're born to, who, where you're born at. The, the third base quote that was awesome right there. It's what you make of it. You make of yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think, like, it's so, uh, you made a really good point, that language is just that, right? We put words to experiences. Yeah. Failure is an experience, is not necessarily a reality. Like, we, and, and the reason why I like using it is because that's what people can understand. But at the end of the day, it's only an opportunity to learn and get better. Like, that's the reality of exactly. it, right? It's instructing us what doesn't work so that we can figure out what does work. And look, like, if you want to talk about failure, this is like the biggest message I like to share is the, f- the fear of failure, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the fear of failure that keeps us from actually doing what we want to do. And this fear of failure can ultimately be defined as a fear of dead ends. Now, let me explain this. <laughs> this is a nice. really an interesting idea. So yeah. when, we, when, we, when we want to do something that we feel like called to do or challenged to do or that, that's on our heart or passionate about, the thing that keeps us back from actually committing and, and moving forward to that is that the fear of failure, which means that the fear of dead ends, like if I choose to do this and I quit my job or I do or I, I start working and put all this effort and time and energy into it and it doesn't succeed, it doesn't achieve, I don't achieve what I set out to, then I have to stop and go all the way back to the beginning and start over again. And I don't want to have that opportunity, like that chance or that, that the chance that that would happen. I don't want to even entertain that. But the reality is there are no dead ends, right? And if there are dead ends, which, which we would call dead ends, what happens is when you reach that dead end, you can take a few steps back, pivot and pick a new trajectory and move forward with all of the ground that you've already gained. Exactly. I played golf. I played golf for over 20 years, right? My whole, almost my whole life. And I played professionally and I got to pursue the dream that I wanted, but I didn't succeed. I didn't reach the PGA tour and that was the ultimate goal. So I spent 20 years of my life in pursuit that ended in a failure. But guess what? Like it wasn't a dead end that I had to start over again. I had to go all the way back to age four and pick a new thing. (laughs) Right. I got to use all the things that he quit me with and, and that's the thing. If we do anything to the best of our abilities, taking full ownership of it and never settling, then whatever that ends up in resulting in will prepare us for whatever's next. If it isn't this, it'll be something else. And doing it as best as we can will prepare us best for whatever that next thing is. And so for me, it wasn't professional golf for a career that God had for me. And that's okay. Because doing that to the best of my ability as excellently as I possibly could has now equipped me well to write this book, to be a speaker, and to be building these businesses moving forward. And and I'm so grateful for that, you know? And and that if we and that's the thing, like fear of failure is a fear of dead ends and it's a fear that doesn't exist ultimately. Yeah. you I mean, when you ask people what their biggest fear is in life, I mean the answer you're gonna get, other than maybe public speaking, which I'm glad people are afraid of that, because I love it and you love it, is yeah. the fear of failure is but, I mean, failure is just, like we said, just our self-perceived notion of what everybody else says it is. But it really is a directing arrow that leads us to exactly what we're called to do. Mm. All right. So I got to ask you a question on professional golf, which I am just super interested about. I know our yeah. audience is, too. Give, a, give me a, the craziest story that comes to your mind about when you think about, okay, well, I can't even believe this happened when I was out there. 
playing or, or some kind of story, professional golf, that'll just blow the audience mind? There's several that come to mind. I mean, it was quite a ride. I think the first thing to preface it with is that, yes, you know, perception is everything. And when you haven't experienced something, perception is going to be off. Mm -hmm. So everyone says that professional golf is a dream job. And it's hilarious because it's like anything, right? If you're a kid saying professional basketball is your dream job and you've experienced what it's like to play overseas on different <laughs> leagues, right? It yeah. just It's a grind. It's not fun. Same with golf, right? Yeah. Developmental tours, yeah. other tours that aren't the pga even the pga like it is a grind for sure um there's so much effort so much work and it's so challenging and so taxing I, people just need to understand that it's not all roses you know it's not a fairy tale um but mm -hmm. um the experiences <laughs> so yeah um well, okay, to give people an idea of the difficulty of it, I do think it's, I, I think any professional sport is just one of the hardest things, but I think golf specifically could be one of the hardest things to do in the world just because it all falls down to your mind more than anything else. Everyone's put in the time at that level and the, the muscle memory, and it comes down to your mind and how tough you are, strong you are, and how much endurance you have because it's four days and five plus hour rounds per day. And you can't take any shots off. So it's insane. But mm -hmm. the, the, the average time it takes for guys to get the PJ Tour is 7 to 10 years. Wow. So usually they're grounding, grinding for 7 to 10 years to get there. And the, the margin for error is so microscopic. I remember hearing a guy, uh, a playing partner of mine, tell a story of this guy. So there's the web.com tour, which is a feeder system for the PGA. It's still a really good tour. It's owned by the PGA. Mm -hmm. And it's like AAA <laughs> baseball. And there was a guy, you can Monday qualify for these events, which is an 18-hole qualifier to try and get into that week's tournament. Every tournament has one. It's like 400 bucks to play in, and top six per field goes in. So you have to shoot like 66 to get in, just period. Like there's no Jeez. other option. Um, so this guy got into a playoff on a Monday qualifier and got in, played in the event, um, after, after two rounds, there's a cut into the low 40% of the field, roughly. So at the end of the second round, he chipped in for Eagle to make the cut on the number. He went on playing well on the weekend, got in the top 25, which got him into the next week's tournament. And the next week's tournament, he won, gave him full status. If he doesn't chip in for Eagle, if that misses, he doesn't make the cut. He doesn't win the next week's tournament. He doesn't have status. It's just like that small of, an, yeah. of margin for error. So it's just insane. Oh like, And it can be just a bounce, a wrong hop. Yeah. And you can't control all of that. And so it, it is such a uh, – it can be so frustrating. The other thing, the other the personal experience I had that was really <laughs> – I mean, I got to play in 2015 on the One Asia Tour. Uh, so I got to play five different events over there, three in South Korea, uh, one in Australia, one in Fiji. And those were amazing experiences. Yeah. I, I did a lot of them on my own. So traveling solo and figuring out how all that works. But Welcome remember, to the club, man. I could have told you all yeah. about that. <laughs> yes. No, you know. The kindred spirit, for sure. <laughs> I remember I remember in South Korea, it was the first one I had played in. Um, and I come to find out that I got the tee times. And I was the first group on number 10 the first day. It's the first tee time at 7.30 a.m. And I was pretty nervous, right? Like, this is the biggest tournament I'd played in so far. Um, I was in a new country for the first time playing golf. And I get up to that first tee and mentally was not in a good state. No. I end up, like, <laughs> I'm the first one to hit, the first group, 
on the first day of the tournament, like opening the tournament <laughs> and just completely block one like 30 yards OB. And it was like one of those just low moments. You're like, what the heck, Thane? That was horrible. You're so <laughs> mentally weak. Like, and, and I just got pissed at myself. But I was really proud because I bounced back. I hit a great tee shot and birdied my second ball, so I only made bogey. And that was just that, that was the first inkling of that mental resiliency that's needed um, to compete at that stage, no matter the pressure, no matter the situation, no matter the environment. And it was a process all throughout that year of really growing a lot in that, even though I didn't capitalize on those opportunities very well. Man, that's really, really impressive that you bounced back and birdied that hole or bogey that hole. But yeah. over, overall, what I mean, what you're saying is like the mindset that it takes to be at that level is is so unbelievably locked in and focused in the present moment just being where your feet are every single time like I, I when i play golf i can't play more than five or six holes without just be like okay i can't focus anymore i gotta get out like just having that bug and that itch in me and then and you talk about like, like the small little minute details like with nba players that's the main thing that i'm doing for them not just the on-court stuff but the mindset the mindset mm-hmm. that every single day there's somebody out there that's that's coming for your job. That's coming for you. That might be training harder than you. That might be more talented than you. But what are you going to do? How are you going to sharpen your mind to just be able to so, be able so locked in in the moment? So I love that, man. I am huge on that. Do you have any any tips or tricks that you would do to just stay just focused in the moment, just in the zone? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the, you know, this yeah, is our this is our sure. jobs, right? This exactly. Is, this is our wheelhouse, so we could talk forever on this. There's three books that I would start by recommending. I think this is a great trifecta mm-hmm. for um, athletic or any personal development. The first one is The Rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler. It's nice. all about flow, getting into the zone, yep. um, what that experience is like, illustrated by extreme athletes who have to do it the most because their lives depend on it. It's amazing. So I'll give you a good idea of the experience of what being in the zone is. The next book would be The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. Love that one. That's an amazing book, right? On, mm-hmm. on deep practice, how to develop it, where talent comes from, like is it nature or nurture? It's both. Okay, great. Now how do we develop it? And he gives some great um, some frameworks for that. The third one is The Mindful Athlete by George Mumford. which is oh, another, I know George. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. That book is amazing because it really talks about the mindfulness needed, the presence needed to compete really well at the highest level, no matter the circumstances, and gives a lot of frameworks for that. So reading those three in that order is going to be super helpful. The fourth one, the honorable mention, would be uh, The Inner Game of Tennis. And that really addresses, um, by Timothy Galway, I think, it's a classic. It really addresses the need um, for grace. (laughs) And what I mean is like, he talks about it, he breaks it down into like self one and self two and how the dialogue is often between self one and self two and how they blame each other for bad results and how that's not productive. So it's a really helpful depiction of what happens internally in the mind during competition and how to correct that internal dialogue to help benefit you versus hurt you really good really good book so those would be the four resources um but i think at the end of the day like 
to to develop that right i mean there has to be it's it's a process and honestly this is the the, the book right the book that i wrote is breaking this down that's what i was gonna say the fifth one is from here to there (laughs) you i'll pump it for you man (laughs) yes keep going yes so the the book kind of stems around this this phrase um simplicity on the far side of complexity Ooh, yes and it's and it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool phrase but it's basically saying that mastery is simplicity on the far side of complexity it's totally and agree. and what that infers is that simplicity isn't only on the far side it's also on the near side and so from that we get this really simplified equation for development which is simplicity complexity simplicity and that's usually what the process of development looks like from a 50,000-foot view. So when we learn basketball, right, you're learning what a ball does. It bounces. It dribbles. How do you dribble? What, what does a shot look like? What's the point of the game? What are the rules? Those are the simple, right, the fundamentals, the basics. And there's a decent amount of those we learn. But then we move into the complexity phase of all the nuances within the game, right? You start learning different ways to dribble a ball. You start learning different types of passes. You start learning different types of plays. Mm-hmm. And the complexity just stack and stack and stack and stack. endlessly right there's endless complexities to the game simplicity on the far side of complexity is that form of mastery where you can you can wade through the sea of complexities and pick out the perfect piece of the puzzle for the right time at the right situation in the right place and execute effortlessly right that is simplicity i mean you see this even in the business world with steve jobs and apple it's a it's simplicity that refined simplicity after all of the countless hours spent on getting to that purest form that is the end product for the consumer that's so beautiful. So uh, so the point of that is just to say, like, this is an overall picture of the, the path that we're all on. Now, when you're talking about getting the mindset side, that's definitely in the later stages of complexity, right? As you start moving right. less from the body movements, more into the mindset that produces the body movements, it's mm-hmm. affected by the situations and circumstances. And the thing that I like to highlight that, that really is kind of the pivotal key to make that transition to start cracking the door open for that far side simplicity, that pivotal key is self-awareness. Self-awareness is everything. You have to start understanding why you're doing the things you do, why you make the decisions you make or take the actions that you take or produce the results that you're producing. And and that self-awareness is ultimately what allows us to move from universal principles to individual principles. And when we can make that move, then we can start really leaning into our fullest potential because we're leaning into how we're wired and how we're gifted in our key strengths, our core strengths, and being able to use them well. And the process of self-awareness is a long one. Uh, for me in golf, one of the things I think is just recognizing how you, what mistakes you're making and why, right? And so for me in college, I remember I was really frustrated with these different mistakes I was making on the course in the tournament. So I, I broke it. I kind of brainstormed journal. Journaling is huge, right? Reflecting and just writing yeah, down. for sure. So I, I, I basically uh, I, I figured out that, that there were three main categories of mistakes I was making. One was mistakes from uh, poor preparation. So not being fully prepared to hit the shot well. Second was mistakes from bad decisions. Uh, just making the wrong decision in a situation. And then third was mistakes from lack of confidence. And so really out of those three, like I could throw every mistake into that, into those three boxes. Now the first two are a lot easier than the third one, right? The first two are in our control. 
poor preparation, like that should really, you should be able to eliminate that pretty quickly once you start seeing it. Like you have to be prepared to execute well. Um, golf's a little different than basketball, and that's a little slower. Um, it's less reactionary, but preparation still applies. Mm-hmm. Um, bad decisions is also something that we get better with at the experience, right? You learn what's the right decision, and you won't be perfect, but you can pretty much eliminate most of those. But the mistakes from lack of confidence is the one that takes the most training, the most diligence, and the most fighting to really instill in your mind that belief that's unshakable. And that's really hard. Yeah, it's, it, it is really hard, but it's all that confidence is all developed through your preparation, through your experience, through your practice, through your relentless consistency. And it's the thing that I tell that I tell the NBA players, like that you would think the top like athletes in the world would be confident no matter what. But you can go one game missing all your shots to a great game to a bad game and the confidence wavers. But it's all those hours in the gym, the unseen hours that nobody saw that you put on and all that work. That's what develops your confidence. And having that un- unwavering confidence, you know, hey, if you if you miss a shot or if you shank a shot right off the off the first tee box, that you know you can come back and you can even make an even better shot the next time. Totally. And those are the most important ones, right? I remember mm-hmm. there was a tournament I played in Kansas, actually. It was on the Adams Tour. Um, I don't remember which year. But I remember this situation where I was in the middle of the fairway on a par 5. It was like the middle of the round. It was brutally windy. Tough day. Tough conditions. Really fighting mentally because of that. And I cold shanked one out of the middle of the fairway on a par 5. And I hadn't done this in a long time. Like, this was just out of the blue. Um, and I had to drop a ball and hit the same shot over again, right? And then not only that, I had to hit the same shot on a par three the next hole with the same club, right, on an even harder shot. And so what those two opportunities were, were two great training sessions. This is the 10th rep of the gym, right? This is when it's hardest to actually have the confidence because the most recent memory you have is a shank. Right. How do you eliminate that memory, believe in yourself, reinstill the confidence that you do have, that you know you possess, and focus solely on that for the next shot that you have to hit? in that moment like that is it that's the work right that is the work of mental discipline and unshakable unwavering confidence regardless of the recent memories you have yeah yeah for sure and and like and it's it's so on point but it can seem like so hard to obtain because you're like okay i know that i am but how do i get there and how can i get back to that point and and i want to talk to you on a point of, of visualization like having certain things that you see that you can just like, I'm sure you had to have done it because there's so many, like you're out there by yourself. I agree. Golf, professional golf has got to be the hardest professional sport there is. Not only are you by yourself, but you're going against everybody in the world. Yes. So just it's, it's one versus like 144 in every tournament. Like to win is just not, in your, that's just so hard. Oh yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And, and for everybody out there, not just like people that are pursuing just excellence in sports, but just being able to keep themselves so focused in the moment. And that's what I like. I, I've been very blessed. I've been able to go to this place called Peak Brain Institute where I'm learning. Nice. Like, they're really like they're, they're helping me grow my brain literally on how I can just like stay locked in in the zone at all times. So for like people and be just being able to stay in conversation with others or whether it's a business meeting or just whatever they have to do to stay confident in themselves. Do you have any tip like like little tricks that you would uh, bring yourself back to in visualization and just being able to be just like 
boom, I'm locked in. Yeah, dude, it's massive. I mean, in golf, it's definitely huge. So, I mean, for, so I'll speak to golf, then we can speak to life. Golf, cool. um, you have to approach every shot with the same routine, right? Routine is what kicks us routine. into that habitual mindset, yeah. right? Love and it. so literally before every shot, it's the same process. And it just is like, it's just kicking your brain and body into gear saying, okay, it's time to go. And once you get into that mode, everything is just instinct and habitual and routine and you're locked in. So it helps you. So the goal is to help yourself help yourself, right? How can I structure this in a way that's the easiest for me to get into the zone, easiest to get into the right frame of mind, and routines are the best way to do that. Mm -hmm. So having routines to accomplish that, even in regular life, is super important. For me, I call it priming, right? That's that's one of the things I think is most important. If if you want to approach any business meeting, situation, conversation, podcast episode, whatever it is, right? You have to set the intention and the mindset and prime yourself for it. Um, and that can also look like meditating. It can look like journaling. It can, it can look like a lot of things, but priming is massive. The other thing, um, the other thing in golf is to be fully present at the end of the day, right? That's the yeah. thing. Like there's always a past, um, that's trying to pull us away from the present and the, the worries or anxieties about the future, the result. And neither of those are in your control. You can't control either of those. So don't waste time thinking about those because it doesn't matter, right? We use the past to inform the present, but it never should impact the present, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to be fully present. And that's a discipline of the mind. It's something we get better with the practice. It's like a muscle you exercise in the gym. So I think if we have routines, if we have presence, like those are the, those are the biggest keys to really, um, I don't know, maximizing uh, per- performance in the moment. And visualization, like you said, is huge. Mm-hmm. That is so massive. You have to be able to clearly see what you want to execute on in front of you. So in golf, if I – so say I have a tee shot, right? I'm off the, off the tee box and it's a par four and there's water on the right side of the hole. If I'm thinking in my mind, okay, Thane, don't hit it in the water guess where I'm going to hit the ball? Like chances are <laughs> yeah. greater than 50%, it'll uh-huh. end up in the water because For I'm giving sure. myself a negative affirmation. Yes, negative If I say, right, yeah, if I say, okay, there's one on the right, great. What am I going to do? Okay, there's a tree in the middle of the fairway. I'm going to hit the tree with a five-yard draw and at this point, which is a little marker on the fairway, and it's going to look like this, and this is how it's going to feel, boom. Now it's in my mind that's all I'm focusing on. I don't even care about the wire. It's not even there. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, it doesn't matter. That doesn't affect my shot at all. Mm-hmm. So you have to get in a place where you focus so much on what you're going to do that everything else just blurs. You don't see it. Um, and the same is true in life, right? You sure. can't just approach something whimsically saying, oh, I hope this goes well, or I don't know what this is going to be like, or hope this doesn't happen. Well, guess what? It probably will when you start thinking that way. For so sure. It's just, it's a massive, it's super important. It really is. Man, and then it's the same in basketball. It's like when people step to the free throw line, I mean, the majority are thinking everybody's looking at me, I'm probably going to miss this. And that's what happens. I mean, free throws are an absolute just mental game i mean the yeah. form i mean there might be little little details in it but it's basically just straight in the mental game i love that on so many levels man and you hit on the points of routines how important routines are in golf but also in life like you talked earlier mm-hmm. about your morning routine and then talking about priming too you can't just step in any situation just be like, okay ooh, i'm locked in you prime yourself you prepare the the preparation that we talked about earlier and then having the presence and the presence could can be the hardest thing to do but it's through the routines it's through the priming it's through the relentless consistency that's able to give you that that ultimate presence you have and find on the golf course 
I have to say this just because it's my favorite movie of all time. Happy Gilmore. You're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. I'm gonna throw you on the hot seat here. I could talk to you literally, like literally all day. Like I we'll, we'll continue in person next time. Yeah, come out here to the west side, the good side <laughs> of LA, where the great food and the great coffee flow. Yes. Okay, so in the hot seat, you can just I mean you can one word answer, whatever you want. It can be longer. You just whatever comes to your whatever comes to your mind first. Are there any mottos or sayings that that you live by or that you might write up on uh, your refrigerator or something? I know I got a lot of them. You got any? Oh man, I got so many. I um, figured you did. There were a couple. Of, <laughs> there were a couple that popped in mind. They're really funny. So this nice. is a guilty one that I am just going to share for humor. Um, in college, there's a YouTube video that was my favorite, and it's not healthy because it is out of balance, like we talked about earlier. But basically, it's this motivational video, and it talks about this guy. This guy is talking about 50 Cent, and he says, "You know, one time I walk up to 50 Cent, and he had just finished recording the album and doing the video, and he hadn't slept for three days. And I asked him, 50, when do you sleep?' And he goes, "Sleep." Sleep is for people who are broke. I don't sleep. <laughs> and so in college, that was like my rally cry to just send it. And um, that's, that's not really healthy. So I wouldn't recommend that because sleep is massively important for performance. I learned that. Yeah, we both know that. I'm as, oh, my goodness. Night, night, so, night. so that's a very college version, naive version. Um, <laughs> but at the point of it, I mean, at the core of it, it's like you're going to work your butt off. You're going to Yeah, going. yeah, hustle. Yeah, I got um, you. But, but the ones that I love now, like, I mean, there's a, I, I'm a quote sucker. So literally, Me there's too. endless quotes. Um, right. I think that there's, I'll just share three just because I'll keep it short. <laughs> All right, cool. Hit me, man. I need some new ones. So Travis Rice, best snowboarder in the world, in my opinion. This guy is just insane. I mean, best snowboarding videos there are out there. This guy is just a pioneer. He, he said that you'll never know your full potential unless you push yourself to find it. And that's just so like he's just a living example of that. He's doing things that people didn't think were humanly possible because he's pushing himself mm -hmm. to those limitations and seeing what's beyond them. Um, the the second one and these two, these other two are from the book, really. Um, and they're really um, massively important. One is Bill Gates. And he said that most people underestimate what you can uh, overestimate what you can do in one year and underestimate what you can accomplish in 10 and man, for our generation, for our stage of life, we have to really understand and soak in those words because we always want that one year to to be the, the end goal. And it's the 10 years, like that long period of time that can be way beyond what we think it can. Mm -hmm. But the one year probably is going to be less than we thought. Um, and so I think that's really important just to understand and, and really own that reality that it will take longer than we want, but that doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing. And then the third one is uh, is speaking to that mindset of growth, like we've talked about, that perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and it's how I opened up my book, actually. It's by Muhammad Ali. And he said, the man that views his life the same at the age of 50 as he did at the age of 20 wasted 30 years of his life oh that's awesome and um and that's that's the thing right we are always growing we should be lifelong learners lifelong yes. growing yes and so we we have to just understand that our perspectives our our mindset our approach will grow and change as we as we get older and if it doesn't then we're wasting our lives ultimately dude that is i love those 
Man, and I just love how you just spit those so fluidly and so easily. Like, <laughs> I didn't prep you or prime you for that question. They're just, boom, they're there. That's really good. Uh, okay, what is your personal definition of success? When you hear that word, success, what does that mean to you? Hmm. Can mean a lot of things. I know it can mean. I mean, it can mean so many things, and I, I, that's why I'm pausing to think about because. Yeah. I only bring tough questions, by the way. I'm mm, not going to throw you on this you hot should. seat and just give you cupcakes, man. Yes. I'm. I'm throwing the hardest par five with a <laughs> sand pit coming at you. You know, this, this is the message I've been saying a lot, but I really do think, like, at the end of the day, success is taking ownership for your life and never settling for less than you're capable of. Like, that's that. it, right? Yeah. If mm-hmm. you do that, then um, whatever the fruit of that is, is is what you've been created and called. And, and that's the thing. Who have you been created, called, and equipped to be? That is a question that you have to answer. And then once you answer that or once you have an idea of that, lean into it. And if you lean into it fully enough, like your life will be blessed and you'll be a blessing to others because you're actually fulfilling your potential and your calling. Man, it's money. That's really good. <laughs> and that's in that in that same sentence. It's not caring what the world thinks about success. Exactly, man. All right. I'll loosen it up a little bit here. Well, talking about um just like mindsets and you said Muhammad Ali earlier, just great people in the past leading that uh, direction of, of just being the best person that you can be, best version of yourself that you can be. You're at a dinner table. You got three people you can invite. Who mm. are you inviting and what are you guys eating? You don't have to invite me. I'm already coming. I always tell everybody this. They always want to waste the spot on me, but I'm like, hey, I'll be there anyways. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so I'm just going to set the context. We're going to Japan and we're eating at the restaurant yeah. of Hero Dreams of Sushi. Have you seen that documentary? Oh, stop. Okay, hold on. So I go over to Japan three <laughs> times a year. Listen to this story because I consult for a team over there and I've been over there probably 15, 20 times. The food is absolutely next level. If you would have said we're eating at a 7-Eleven, I would have been pumped about it. So I went searching for Hero. I went searching for him. Went to find his place. Like it took like two hours. Found his spot. Listen to how legendary this is. Found his spot. It's on. It's in the basement of like this just random apartment. There's a person standing there, and I was just I like, I won't take no for an answer. And I was just go like, I gotta go down there and see it. It's just just if I can take a picture of his door, wouldn't do it. Would not budge. Can't even go down to take a picture of Hero's of Hero's door. Like the dude wow. is on another level. Okay, so then last time I was there, I go to the the fish market, the Ziki fish market at like 4 a.m. And I find this guy. I was just walking around there where I wasn't supposed to be. And I find this guy, this this short, this short guy who looked just like him. I know you don't know, but he's walking around. He's picking up a fish. He's looking at it, puts it down, walks another 400 feet, picks up another fish, looks at it, puts it down. Like just like a legend, just looking at fish and knowing which one's the best for sushi. So I, I'm going by that was him. Probably wasn't, but that's my story. So yeah, that is amazing, <laughs> dude. I love that. That's so cool. I mean, it's yeah. That documentary was incredible. It was incredibly inspiring and also incredibly depressing. 
Very um, true. At the Very same true. time, mm-hmm. because his life really has no eternal meaning. It just has some earthly meaning. Um, it's yep. really, it's really sad in that sense, but incredibly expiring. I mean, okay. Man, so are um, we eating there or is he coming? Yeah, I we're eating there. No, we're eating there. We're eating there. We're eating okay. in his place. Cause yeah. that's on the bucket list. Money. Man, good luck. The three people. To be honest, it's recency bias. Like the thing that's on my mind right now yeah. is, um, pitching a business idea I have to, um, investors. And mm-hmm. so, um, <laughs> because of that, I would, um, <laughs> this is really fun. I would, I would invite Peter Thiel, uh, yeah. Tim Ferriss, and then yeah. probably another guy from a LA, um, BC fund. And, uh, I would use it to share this business I'm starting and, um, have them invest in it. So I'm actually on the hunt for Peter Thiel. So, uh, he just moved to LA. So I'm, I'm going to be Did working he? on that in the next, uh, next month or two. Nice. And I'll tell you what, if you're taking an over to Euro spot with that good of sushi, you'll, any business deal, you'll lock them Totally. Down. Totally. But I, I like that group because I mean, it's what's on your mind and it's what you're passionate about. It's what you're driven for. So and what I like about you, too, is like you speak it into existence. If you want to make it happen, it's going to happen. I'm the, I'm the same way. Like So many people just think like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. I'll just let somebody else do it. No, I mean, you be the one that does it. So I love that in you, man. Yeah, I, I I did a little post about that the other this last week because it's huge. I mean, that is such one of, one of the best tools we have at our constant disposal, involving other people, speaking things into existence, talking about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I had you know the Sabbath, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. I remember a week ago on Sunday, I've, I've been working. I do a, I have a side coffee business I do, and I was working on Sundays the last yes, month or two. Yeah. And um, because of that, like Sundays aren't a Sabbath for me. They're awesome, but they're not a Sabbath. And Mm -hmm. so I needed to commit to the Monday being my Sabbath. And I knew in my heart that I didn't really want to. I wanted to work. (laughs) And so literally on that Sunday morning, I just told like five people about it. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm really struggling with this, but I'm just going to make tomorrow my Sabbath. And I told five people it because that would help me commit to it. By speaking sure. into existence yeah. and getting other people involved in that, even if they don't even care about it or check in on me, I don't care. I'm just speaking into existence and having other people receive that to help me commit to what I know I need to. So it's such a great tool of leverage to help ourselves do the things we really need to. And yeah, that's, I mean, partly why I brought it up is like, now I told you about it, like, I'm going to be doing this. And yeah. I've already been telling people this whole last week, I've been literally telling probably a handful of people that same thing because. It's holding me accountable then. It's like, no, I'm actually going to do this. It does. It does. And, and and they check in on you and they ask you how it's doing. Like, I'm going to be checking in on you asking you how it's going. Like, I did yeah. the same with my book. I was like, I just told everybody, hey, I'm, I'm writing this book. I'm And I'm public speaking. I'm going to be the Tony Robbins with a sports platform. And now everybody's asking me how it's going. I'm like, they just expect it. So that's, yeah. that's really yeah. cool. Same man. thing with my first speaking gig. I mean, just this, I got the gig before I had any material. I mean, I already knew I was confident yeah. in my material and stuff, but... Yeah, I got to land it. I was like, okay, crap, I should probably put this together now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's how it is, though. But that's when yeah. you're at your best, though. You, you yep. would be thrown in difficult situations. But, I mean, just through all your past experiences, you know you can, you can, you can thrive, not just survive. There's another mindset one for yeah. you. Boom. Okay, last one I got for you on the hot seat. But before, how can everybody find out more about you? Where can we... We're going to get the book on Amazon. I'm going to order that bad boy right after this. Amazon Prime, it's here tomorrow. Where can we find you social media? Give me all that good stuff. 
Yeah, funny side note. I'd actually encourage people to order off my website because Ooh, okay, off the website because I went. I you know in in doing the business of this book, you realize that Amazon is a great for the consumer and not so great for the producer. Um, and it's not that it's bad. It's it's, it's serving a purpose, but um, my. My, the, 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 what I get from it is about 300% less through Amazon. Yeah. And so from an investment standpoint, I've been trying to push people to my website, but Amazon's great too. Like I don't knock it, uh, for people that want to get on there. It is on there. It's available on Amazon. It's also available on my website at thanemarcus.com. And then on the socials at Thane Marcus. Instagram's where I'm doing most of my content. But yeah, those are the best places. Uh, would love to connect with you guys and have you check out some of the things I'm up to. Awesome, man. And real quick, Thane's an interesting name. I've never heard that before. Where did that come from? You got a quick, uh, little, little quick. Yeah, it's that? it's as quick as this. It's a baby book name. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, but I have I've gotten I've gotten. It's funny. It's hard to enunciate it clearly enough. I always it catches people off guard. So I usually you have to spell it for people. Yeah. Or they just butcher it. I mean, I've gotten. I've gotten it all. I've gotten like fame, F-A-M-E. <laughs> I've gotten Bane. I've gotten Thing. I've actually gotten Thing a decent bit, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it's bizarre. That's funny, man. Okay. The last one I got for you. Think about the younger you, the younger thing growing up. If you could give somebody in the same shoes as yourself advice for following their passion finding their purpose, and just having extreme joy every single day with the ultimate confidence in who they are, what would that advice be? I love it. There's two things. So the first off is a little lighter or a little easier to uh, to understand. That is learning is the journey. Learning is the journey of life, the journey that we're all on. And um, to learn well learning does not equ- education does not equate to learning so education is something that we passively receive mm-hmm. receiving something means we don't have to give a lot of effort in right and the game of education is not equate to learning so learning the there's a great book on learning called make it stick by peter brown and the overall synopsis of it is that the path of most resistance equals the path of most learning and so it's a great uh, for younger people to embrace is that understanding of learning and that it's usually the things that are the hardest that we're going to learn the most through. Yep. Um, not only just obstacles or trials, but also in trying to obtain knowledge that as well. The things that take the most mental energy is going to instill it the most in us. So embracing that because if we can learn how to learn, I didn't learn how to learn until mid halfway through college. I just didn't. Um, but if we can learn how to learn, there's nothing we can't learn. So it is the <laughs> key ingredient that. to yeah. life. <laughs> Um, and then then the second thing that is also something that takes a long time for all of us to learn is, um, the right view of man, the right view of humans and, um, and the biblical worldview, right? The, the worldview that God gives us in the Bible is that humans that we have two things that are, um, that, that are why we are all on the same playing field. One, we're made in the image of God, meaning we're divine image bearers of God. And that means that we all have inherent worth and value. Every single person. It doesn't matter if you're living in a, the richest house in America or if you're living on the streets. You're still a person that's been a human being created in the image of God. And secondly, we're all sinners, meaning we all fall short of the glory of God. We're not God. 
We're human. We're fallen. And that means no one's better than the rest of us. So we're all equal. Now, that understanding and that mindset and worldview unlocks or frees us from the bondage of fear of man. And fear of man is going to be the thing that holds us back from, really, that's the core fear that underlies everything, is what other people think of us. And we care more about what someone thinks of us than we should. Mm -hmm. We're elevating that person above their rightful place in humanity. We're exalting them above the level playing field that we're all on. So if we can really embrace the fact that we're all equal, um, in God's eyes and strive to have that in our eyes, then it can really help unlock us from that fear of man and the fear of failure and all those other fears that result from that. Dang, that is awesome on so many levels. And it pretty much sums up like everything that we've been talking about, just extreme belief in yourself through knowing that there's there's a higher power out there and in, in our beliefs and knowing that it's that it's a relationship with the Lord and knowing that we don't have to go through this journey of life on our own. We don't have to worry about what others think. We don't have to worry about what success is. And we can just enjoy the daily steps of the journey, not the mm-hmm. end end goal, but the daily steps of the journey. Thane, you're an absolute legend. Like literally, I, I love you on every level and you were like me and you were like one and the same, except you're a way, way better golfer and better looking. So you got me beat on that. So here's what we're doing. You gotta get over here to the west side. We yes. have better coffee. We have great food. We actually have a thing called the beach and not traffic. And we'll play mm. us around a golf, mini golf yes. that is. And yes. man, I'm just so excited to see like I'm literally really juiced up about to see your growth. Because you're young, Thanks, you're brother. passionate and like 10 years from now, like we're talking about the long-term play, the long-term game, you're going to touch so many people. You're going to reach mm-hmm. so many people. You're an absolute light. Just, I mean, you've just juiced up my day. Like I'm, ultimate, <laughs> I'm the ultimate juicer upper and always, yes. up. but you, I mean, I'm just really, really excited for your journey, man. You're doing it for the Dude, right reason. So it's a blessing. I thank you, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's such a blessing to be alongside brothers in Christ striving. That's the thing, man. Like yeah. I, long to be around surrounding myself and involved with people who are striving to make much of their lives that they've been given and you're doing that bro so thank you i'm just as much stoked about getting to connect with you and this future friendship um and getting to strive alongside each other because we're in this journey together and getting to do it with others is what makes it meaningful and you made a great point earlier that life is not about us it's about others right and ultimately it's about god but Hmm? but really life's meaning comes from the blessing and the benefit that you can give to others not yourself the world does not revolve around you and so i think you make a great point in in just pointing out earlier and i just wanted to underscore that because it's so true we need to keep the eyes off ourselves thanks man i gotta hey let's not you gotta come over here so just so you can just keep pumping me up making me feel yeah (laughs) man I will say the one caveat, the one thing I'll have to get you on the east side is you got to come floating with me. Have you ever been floating to float tanks? Oh, oh, yes. We got bulletproof labs over here. I've been float tanking for years. I've been red light charging. I'm an atmospheric cell training. I've been PEMFing. Anything biohacking, brother. So good. I've been there. Let's get it. Just float in Pasadena. I got a membership. You come over. We'll get a good float session. It'll be epic. Deal. Game on, man. Love it. Done. 
Super big time thank you to Mr. Thane Marcus for joining us on this Game of Life podcast. Thane is an inspiration. As you can see, very, very passionate about being a servant to others and doing it all for the right reasons, doing it for the Lord, knowing his calling. He's very comfortable with who he is, and he's not afraid to express it. I absolutely love that in Thane. And Thane's going to be, he's going to be doing big things. As you can see, he's got his book coming out. Please check out ThaneMarcus.com backslash book and you'll learn all about Thane in the show notes, even more about him and what he has coming up. Follow him on his journey. Reach out to him. See what it's like to be a professional golfer. Hey, maybe you could get there, but Game of Lifers, main thing to take away from this podcast, what you learn from this podcast, you can be going through a challenging time. We all are. We've all been just hit over the head, had our dreams, had our goals just taken away from us, taken away from us with nothing to turn to, no money, no support, nobody believing in us. And then where do we go? Who can we turn to? How do we transition? How do we change? How do we make the mindset shifts to get on the road where we want to be, to live every day with joy, to enjoy the journey, to follow our passion, to live confidently in exactly who we are, being comfortable in our own skin. Game of lifers, that's what this is all about. You can do it. You can do it. Game of Lifers, I believe in you. You are listening to this podcast for a purpose. You are in the one spot in your life right now, today, for a purpose. Trust in the process. Enjoy the journey. Game of Lifers, you will find your joy. And if you could joyfully leave me a five-star review on iTunes, it would go a long ways. Like We would get more sponsors on here to give you a bunch of goodies and all that great stuff. We'd have any guests that you want here on the podcast, anybody that you want to learn from. I want to learn from a lot of more people. So leave some reviews. Build it up. Let's make this podcast big time. In Game of Lifers, anything you ever need, I'm here for you. Reach out to me. Send me a question. Let me know how you're doing, a comment, anything you need. I got you. One percenters, Game of Lifers. Have a great week. And remember, life's a journey. Enjoy it. David Nurse, Game of Life, signing off.